All right. Welcome to Stock Gamblers. I'm George Howell from Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm Chris Carbonar from Wallingford, Pennsylvania. So what uh, what's going on? Uh, how's everything going? It's not bad. We, we had a little time off. We had like two weeks off. Um, a lot of stuff's been going on. Um, none of it great, <laughs> but none of it like none of it tragic either. So um, just the usual, you know, trying to play some gigs, trying to go down to shore, trying to get my work together, while at the same time trying to find good picks. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, we were definitely off for the Labor Day weekend. I, I, I enjoyed the break and now I feel exhausted all over again. So uh, glad there's no three-day weekends until uh, at least Thanksgiving for me. Yeah, I got nothing. I, I don't even have um, Indigenous Persons Day off anymore, you know? My old school I did. So you were uh, you were saying play some gigs. Where, where can people find your music if they're interested? Well, it's funny you say that, George. My music itself is on every platform pretty much. Um, my album, Better at the Beach, I still say album. I know. I don't know what people call them, releases, whatever, but I'm old school. I still say album. Came out in March of 2022, and it's available on Spotify, on Amazon, on Apple, on Pandora. But if you want to catch me live, I'm going to be at Lavares in Tuckahoe, New Jersey on September 21st and then October 5th. And then my schedule is clear for the fall. Nice, nice. Good I, to hear. I just reached out to a place and they said, well, we're very selective. I was like, ooh, we're very selective. <laughs> that means you're out. Right, exactly. But I watched them. They always have a lot of deadhead kind of things, a lot of reggae bands. I'm like, I'm right up that alley. Cool. What about you? What's been going on in your world? Oh, not too much. Just uh, working and uh, trying to uh, get through the uh, what, what's going on in the market, which doesn't appear to be much. We still appear to be in a summer lull. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll we'll get on with it. So. It uh, like we... Go ahead. No, so it looked like we were we were um, having a couple good weeks, and then, as usual. Just when you get cocky, then it starts going back down again. So, Speaking of getting so what, cocky, yes. uh, I want to talk about the uh, virtual market exchange that we have. I, I okay. noticed I made a huge screw-up. I The last time we were on, I shorted Tesla, and mm-hmm. I lost thousands of dollars. Did you really? I, I did, yeah. So uh, I lost like two and a half thousand dollars. So I said, "Oh crap! I need to get the hell out of here. I need to I need to buy back and and get rid of my short, even out." So I I went to sell my my position, and selling really shorted me even more. So I doubled down on my short, and I ended up down seven thousand dollars, and now down all of that money, I'm still beating you. Wait, 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 wait. How are you still beating me? I don't know, but... I haven't done any... Because I haven't done anything because <laughs> I was afraid. Well, I mean, I, I am... I lost my ass on shorting Tesla. You did? And I am still beating you. By how much? Oh, probably dollars. Okay. That's not the point. <laughs> All right, rub it in. Rub it in, tough yeah, guy. Yeah, I will. <laughs> If you would like to uh, join our uh, our virtual exchange, become a Patreon member, and, uh, and you too can can lose money with us, fake money. But... It's only five. Uh, it's only five dollars a month. Yeah. So uh, wanted to um, 
to go through and uh, and do a recap real quick because we go back and forth about uh, cryptocurrency and whether or not we even think it's worth it. <laughs> if you if you like to gamble, it, it's it's real helpful. We could we could lose even more money if we invested in crypto. But, Absolutely. Uh, uh, a, a U.S. federal court has mandated the Security and Exchange Commission to revisit its decision of rejecting G- Grayscale Investments bid to transform its Bitcoin trust product into an exchange-traded fund. This ruling heightens the prospects of crypto industry receiving approval for a spot Bitcoin ETF, leading to a significant rise in Bitcoin's price. While the court's directive doesn't enforce the SEC to approve Grayscale's application instantly, it demands another review, though the SEC might develop a different basis for refusal. How do you feel about a Bitcoin or our, in general, cryptocurrency ETF? Well, all those words that you just read, I understand those words, but the order in which you you actually spoke them just went right over my head, all right? I have no idea what that means. (laughs) I don't either. Um, All right. I just know I personally, I I try to avoid crypto like, like the plague only because I'm old and I'm... I don't understand it. I mean, I kind of understand it, but not enough to... I mean, I'll throw money out of stock if I know what it does, but crypto? Eh. I mean, like I said before, I I, I understand using cryptocurrency and even, um, you know, like looking at it from a currency exchange because I don't think it's a real investment. There's nothing to invest in. It's all just bits. Yeah. Um, if you look at Bitcoin as a currency and using it as an exchange, just like if I were to go from dollars, U.S. dollars to Canadian dollars, playing that back and forth to try and increase my money, sure, I get that. But as far as it being an investment that you could base an ETF off of, what what's the collateral? I don't know. And I don't even... I mean, I, I know in theory there really is only one use for crypto, in my mind. It's for the dark web. To me, that's the only use for it. I, I don't know what else you use it for. I mean, Ecuador, I, I, I believe it's Ecuador, has uh, two official currencies, U.S. dollar and Bitcoin. Um, really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do that as a, as a government. I don't know how you... Assign the value of Bitcoin to dollars, or seems a little banana republicish. <laughs> I I don't know how you run a government off of that without constantly losing money, or or I don't or gaining extreme money, at least having like vast fluctuations in in your your market. I, I don't get it either. I, it's, I need something tangible. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, just wanted to follow that up. Uh, would you like to take sure. the next one? Another stock news. T-Noble, T-Mobile U.S. announced its intention to initiate a dividend payment in the fourth quarter, making it the latest in its field following AT&T and Verizon Communications. Although the stock market reacted unfavorably to the news, the company's board has greenlit a $19 billion shareholder return program encompassing $750 million in quarterly dividends 
and 15.25 billion in stock buybacks by 2024's end, translating to roughly 63 cents per share quarterly. However, this yield is meager compared to Verizon's and AT&T's 7.5% and 7.6% respectively, and investors seem more inclined towards T-Mobile prioritizing stock buybacks over dividends. Hmm. Prioritizing stock buybacks over dividends. What do you think? Um, I, I don't even know. I mean, th this dividend to me looks like crap. I mean, 63 cents per share on like, I mean, T-Mobile ranges between 140 and $160 a share. And they're going to throw, they're going to throw a couple pennies at people like, thank Thanks for thanks for giving us $160 for the share. Here's a stack of dimes. Enjoy. Well, I think that's why that's probably why the market said, nah, nah, it, it ain't gonna buy us. Yeah. <laughs> right. We're not we're not acting. Yeah, we're not, I'm not mean, gonna be that, favorable to that. Like Verizon's what sub 50, uh, and and you yeah. know they're they're probably paying about the same. And I I don't know. I mean I I own T-Mobile stock. I think I have like one share when mm -hmm. from when my shares of Sprint. Um, got bought up by T-Mobile and I mean I, th this to me just goes right in line with their their customer service like, <laughs> here here enjoy talking to this chat bot and never speaking to a person again and uh, uh, by the way we're going to do stock buybacks because we want to increase the value of our stock so that of our, our own uh, stock right right so our our dividends look even worse I don't it's, it sounds I mean, in one way, is it just really six of one, half a dozen of another? I mean, one way or another, stock buybacks versus dividends, or is it just them trying to save money? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm a self-proclaimed moron uh, professing that I gamble my money away on, on stocks. I, I don't think I'm really qualified to give a, to give a, a good uh, point but on as, that. But, but I'm uh, a moron, but I'm a moron asking a moron. That, that's why I right, think it right. cancels each other out. It makes you even dumber. Yeah. <laughs> I thought they canceled Congratul out. Congratulations. You're the dumbest guy in the room. M2. <laughs> Ooh, where are we? I lost track. <laughs> so moving Ooh, along, Ooh, shares of Canopy Growth Corp soared to surpass the $1 mark for the first time since May following optimism over a potential rescheduling of marijuana. The spike comes after U.S. Department of Health and Human Services recommended reclassifying cannabis to Schedule 3, which would allow its regulated medical use federally. This move, along with other regulatory developments, could open up the sector to institutional investors who have historically avoided it due to Schedule 1 classification, leaving the industry largely to retail investors. Um... I, I expected this government to go more toward uh, completely legalizing marijuana, uh, so that's kind of a surprise to me, but I'm, I'm glad it's moving in any direction because exactly. I would like for my yeah. stocks to go back up. Mm -hmm. we've, uh, we've talked about marijuana stocks at length in, in previous episodes. <laughs> uh, Canopy is interesting to me because they're not just in the... Um, marijuana production end of medical marijuana. They own um, they own a, a, a device manufacturer. Okay. So uh, they they make like um, um, 
vapor vaporizers. Okay. So I, I would I would expect canopy to be way higher than what it is, uh, especially after the uh, uh, what they got the uh, cash infusion from Constellation Brands because Canopy is a Canadian company, so that's okay. the uh, the the producers of Corona in in Canada. So okay. I would have expected uh, them to be worth a lot more money, but they're they're one of the lowest ones around. I, I kind of like how it soared past the dollar. Right, right. <laughs> Whoa! Well, it's dollar three. Because otherwise, if you bought it at fifty dollars a share, oh, like some people, <laughs> and had it, yeah, had it drop down to below a dollar, you're kind of excited. It might get listed again. You might be able to buy more. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> oh Lord. Want to take arm holdings? Sure. All right. I was going to do Alibaba, but I'll take arm holdings. Arm Holdings, a semiconductor design firm owned by SoftBank Group, is preparing for its anticipated IPO with shares expected to be priced between $47 to $51 each, potential valuing the company at $52 billion. New Street Research Analyst Pierre Farragu initiated coverage on Arm with a buy rating at a target price of $59, citing the company's consistent growth in the semiconductor market a high-quality financial model from royalty payments, and attractive valuation. ARM is renowned for providing the processor design found in most current smartphones, and its IPO is set to price after Wednesday's trading choice, debuting on Thursday. Man, Ah. it's got to be great to to be ARM or SoftBank Group. I mean, think about how, like, ARM, you're a publicly traded company. Oh, we want to buy you. Here's $8 billion. We're going to buy your... uh, your company and and yell at you as uh, as private equity and, and make you trim all your costs. Okay, now we've we've had you for a good 15 minutes. Now you're worth 52 billion dollars. We're gonna make a bunch of money on you and uh, and smoke a bunch of cigars. Thanks. And then it's gonna drop and it's gonna crash after that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Everyone. I mean, everyone go out I, and I, buy I, this IPO <laughs> so it can crash on you just like every other IPO I've ever bought. Exactly. Every IPO I bought, I was like, oh, this is exciting. Oh, yeah, I'm in on the ground floor. <laughs> there was a basement. I didn't realize that. Right, right. Down. <laughs> oh, beyond meat, I'll buy that at $160. Oh, great. That's worth under 15 now. Awesome. But you know what's funny? Remember when Facebook first went public? Because it actually did fairly well. Then it kind of came back down. But then it went right back up again. Maybe not right back up again, but it's still fairly a decent stock i mean i wouldn't buy it personally but it's one of the ipos that is not a dollar a share anymore i had i've seen i i remember when facebook ipo'd it was like what 20 22 27 dollars a share or something like that had mm-hmm. the opportunity to buy didn't want to buy it just because i hate that company i, I think they're a horrible business right um i i have real problems with their their privacy policies and how they exploit all their users <laughs> and continuously yeah, do that like yeah we're we're taking all your information oh we're sorry we won't do that again huh um but uh i mean that that's worth like what over 200 dollars a share now yeah exactly yeah right so that's that's what i'd be probably... proud to be a facebook owner but well i remember being excited about beyond meat and i'm kind of now in retrospect i'm glad i didn't jump on it because i was using it at the <laughs> you time you could be a loser like, like me you're right now i'm only a semi-loser but um 
uh, it's a great product. I don't understand why. Well, maybe it's not a great product anymore. When it first came out, I thought it was really good, but I don't really. Maybe that's why the stock did so bad because people used it right away. Hey, this is great. And then a week later, they're like, okay, I want something else now. I don't. I don't dislike it. I, I think they do make a good product. I, I think for what it is, a, a complete vegetable burger that yeah. has almost the same nutritional value as a real burger um, tastes pretty similar. I, I, I think um, I think it's a good product. I don't like their sausages. I, I think that that does not resemble a sausage in any way. Um, it's really dry. It depends but, on uh, the... T- yeah. But... Um, I think I think what really killed Beyond, because they had a bunch of celebrity backing, didn't they? Like, didn't Bill Gates and Leonardo DiCaprio get involved, or, or mm-hmm. they got involved yep. in uh, Impossible Burger and or both? I don't remember. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I I think the big problem with Beyond is that they just got slaughtered by every other company coming in and go, oh, we can do fermented pea protein. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like there were so many. Uh, different uh, types of uh, similar products out there that I think so, it really um, so, took a cut of them. So they haven't been that around that long that they could have like a patent on it. I mean, people seem to be ripping it off pretty quickly. I mean, can you really like... patent it? I mean, vegetable, vegetable burger, veggie burgers like fake protein or um, fake meat protein has been around in one way or another for as long as I can remember. Right, but their particular, they were the first ones to use the um, the pea protein, right? Couldn't tell you for sure, but there there's nothing really proprietary about it. They're just fermenting a bunch of vegetables and grinding it up. Well, but they were the first to do it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Impossible was around the same time. Yeah, I don't know which one was first. Yeah. But uh, I, I think that the big thing that killed them is once the price of meat kind of stabilized, it, there, there's really no incentive to, to go for it. Their, their sodium is off the chart, you know? Like right. It, like, the only it, thing it really does is keep you from eating meat. <laughs> I mean, it's not like good for you. It's not for health reasons. It, right. If you're a vegetarian, I get it. If you're concerned about sustainability and... and and the environment, then I, I get it. To to replace meat just because I I don't see a reason to do it. And I, I think that's part of the reason why it is uh, killing the stock. And mm-hmm. also you have uh, you know you have a great product like Wahlburgers. <laughs> I've never had a Wahlburgers. <laughs> um, I've had them on I've had them before because we bought them on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hamburger. It's a pre-made hamburger patty. Right, I mean, right. I'd prefer just to buy ground beef and shape my own. Um, right. I don't have anything against it other than if you want to give Marky Mark even more money for, for <laughs> you know, another way. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I've, it's a fine product. Um, I ha- I'd rather pay less for ground beef. Yeah. That's true. Having a little technical difficulty here. My microphone is falling off. <laughs> <laughs> it has been hilarious to uh, to watch you fiddle with, but I didn't want to interrupt the show, so thank you for doing that. No, 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 no. Exactly. Right, right, right. I'll give you a chance to, to play with that as I take the next one. You can take Alibaba. 
Okay, take Alibaba. The leadership, leadership shift at Alibaba. Daniel Zhang is stepping down as Alibaba's no. CEO. What? I said no. No, yeah, well, he, he gone. <laughs> uh, making a potential generation change in leadership, Eddie Wu is set to take over. Alibaba's leadership structure, including its grand council, is unique, and Zhang's departure may signal a significant shift within the company. The market reaction is the account announcement led to a 3% drop in pre-market trading of Alibaba stock, indicating investor concern or uncertainty about the leadership change. Alibaba stock has been in a significant decline over the years, particularly the three-year chart shows a 67% drop. Sam at Dio points out the steep descent, especially after 2021. Broader issues in China include the decline may be symptomatic of broader challenges within the Chinese market. Bill Mann discusses the ongoing debate on whether China's current economic challenges are cyclical short-term or structural long-term. Mann leans toward structural issues suggesting China may not grow as rapidly in the future. China faces a high unemployment rate uh, among recent college graduates between 25 and 50 percent. There's also a notable absence of feedback mechanisms for the country's leadership, which may lead to significant challenges in the future. Despite these challenges, Mann acknowledges Alibaba's strength, especially with its super app. The app has succeeded in ways Western companies have yet to achieve, signifying Alibaba's global importance and political future for growth. So I was trying to remember where I had heard so much about Alibaba previously. And as soon as you said it was a 67% drop, I remembered that it was a motley uh, cruel uh, recommendation, at least more than once. Um, I think it may have been... MotleyCruel.com. Yes, MotleyCruel.com. I believe it was one of their repeated ones around the 2021 time when it dropped 67%. So whether it dropped so, after they recommended it or they recommended it because it dropped, I'll have to go back and double check that one. I remember back in probably 2020 when we were both using Motley Fool for, for investments, and uh, it was a pick of theirs. When I lost my house, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a pick of theirs, and, and I, I did invest in it. Um, but through uh, partial shares because they went, wow, F me, Alibaba's expensive. I can't afford mm-hmm. that. Right. And uh, started putting a little little bit in and, and lost my butt just like I do with every mm-hmm. Motley Fool. All right. Like, At least uh, they're consistent. Right. Uh, <laughs> Alibaba, it, it's really funny to me that Alibaba is one of the first everything apps I can, I can recall. Mm-hmm. And, and that is the one I always think of every time Elon Musk thinks about, oh, I'm going to do an everything app. It's like, oh, so you, all you want to do is knock off Alibaba? Okay. Mm-hmm. I, wow, you're, you're a genius. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I, uh, I, I don't see the leadership change as being a big thing. I mean, Jack Ma, he... He left how long ago, and, and Alibaba's been chugging along fine. Uh, as 
far as I'm concerned, for my opinion, Alibaba is like a state-owned company mm-hmm. sure. to me anyway. I mean, like that. I, I think the Chinese government controls everything in that, specifically, mm-hmm. um, if not directly through leadership, which I think it has flexed its muscles to show that it does, mm-hmm. but more so through the, uh, the products and, and the manufacturing, which it, it does own through state. Mm-hmm. most of the manufacturing facilities right that is true so to me this doesn't really mean much other than I think uh, I think stock prices will go down I think so too so don't buy it <laughs> short or it. buy it do the opposite of what we're doing <laughs> all right just a reminder this, pod, this podcast is sponsored by our listeners. Help support the show at patreon.com backslash stock gamblers. Patrons will receive access to our stock market virtual exchange competition as well as additional bonus content. Your contributions go directly to this show. So please, please make it look good. Help us make the show look good. Please consider helping us make a better show by helping us out. <laughs> I was just kidding. Also, uh, another way you can help us out is tell a friend or uh, or rate us in uh, iTunes or uh, podcast. I I just jumped back in time about 15 years. <laughs> uh, rate us in Apple Podcasts or Spotify or, or wherever you can. Um, help rating helps us out, and and sharing it with a friend will help us out a lot too. So let's get into the expert picks, Carbone. Ah, the expert picks. Well, our, fuddy, our buddies at uh, Motley Cruel have decided that Atlassian is the product to go with. That was their pick last Thursday. They hadn't gone; they'd gone about three weeks without making a pick, so this must be a big deal for them. So, what actually is Atlassian? Atlassian creates software to enhance collaboration within terms within teams and businesses. They offer a range of tools suitable for various departments, including content development, project management, IT service management, software development and cybersecurity. Now the reason they recommend it is profitability. Despite the larger economic pressures, Atlassian has maintained growth and profitability. Key metrics that demonstrate its financial health include the adjusted operating margin, net income, and free cash flow. And also AI as a growth avenue. Atlassian's extensive data and insights about teamwork give it a unique advantage in the development of AI tools. The transition to the cloud is speeding up in part due to the potential of AI. And then the current stock situation. Atlassian's valuation has become more attractive due to its growth not being reflected in stock price. Revenue has doubled, but the price to sale ratio has fallen. Although Stock Advisor recommended Atlassian three times before, the stock has not performed well, being down 8% and 30% since the last two recommendations. Now, of course, with any stock, there are potential risks, and some of these risks are revenue growth concerns. If Atlassian doesn't achieve its projected growth rates, it could impact investor confidence. Short-term investor sentiment. A focus on short-term financials, especially around operating expenses, could result in stock sell-offs. And finally, leadership concerns. Speculation around the departure of co-founders could introduce stock price volatility. So again, just a sum it up atlassian is the motley fool's uh, most recent pick back to you george all right barons has three picks within the last week the first pick is on holdings 
On Holdings distinctive shoes have gained popularity with their stock rising 70% since the start of the year. However, shares fell 14% on August 15th due to concerns about inventories and marketing expenses. Despite strong sales figures and an earnings beat, ON's growth perspectives remain robust with expanding market presence, especially in Asia, and the potential for product diversification in footwear and apparel. The recent stock sell-off may present a buying opportunity for investors. Um, I call BS on this. I don't think it's going anywhere. I've never even heard of this company. No. Uh, I'll probably be wrong, but uh, but Barron's <laughs> likes them. Continuing with Barron's picks, solar panels are pro- proliferating rapidly worldwide due to tax incentives and climate uh, in- initiatives with the U.S. See- seeing solar account for over half of new electricity cap- capacity this year for the first time. However, solar stocks, including Enphase Energy, have taken a hit. With Enphase Energy stock dropping by 54% this year, due in part to challenges in residential solar market and a weak Q3 sales forecast, while Enphase faces short-term challenges including changes in the Californian solar market and high interest rates, the company, a major supplier of key solar components like inverters, has strong growth prospects including its expansion in Europe and diversification of product offerings. I think that all of these challenges are a uh, direct contributor to the stock dropping and the reason why you should not invest in this company. But again, I may be wrong. I am an idiot. Um, well, so. I'm an idiot and I invested in it. So there you go. Oh, did so, you? <laughs> that was one of their picks, uh, I think, a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, sir. Oh, wow. That was Motley Fool's not... pick and you invested yep. in it and then it dropped. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, of course. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on your end of what you follow, Motley Fool right. says, hey, buy this, and it falls. And then once it falls, then Barron's comes in and says, hey, this stock is really cheap. This is a great deal. Hey, invest now. <laughs> exactly, yeah. right. Maybe there's, so uh, you, maybe there's some collusion. Are you going to double down and hope no. it goes up to make up your loss, or uh, are you going to let um, it go? I'm not sure yet, because right now, let's see, right now we are... I'm down 18%. So, so uh, right. you you got in at the tail end of the dip then, because uh, Barron's reported it was it's down 54%. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. So if they lost 54% of their earnings, that means that they're at 46% of what it was worth before. There is still plenty of room to fall. Get those pennies together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my, my my total return right now is negative eighteen point four four percent in that one. Today's return was just negative one point four three percent. So there you go. Today was a good day. Great job. <laughs> Great job not falling right. too much. And Baron's last pick, AAR is A A R ticker Air. R R. Yeah, R. <laughs> uh, Air. <laughs> is a leading supplier of used repair and overhauled engine and airframe parts and provides repair and maintenance services to airlines. As a domestic air travel as domestic air travel surpasses pre-pandemic levels, 
and the used parts business known as used serviceable materials, USM, the stuff that's going back in your plane, <laughs> is poised for growth. AAR is expected to benefit. While currently undervalued, the company's strong balance sheet potential for M&A activity and strategic focus on its core areas promise significant growth, making AAR an attractive investment option for ongoing recovery in the aviation sector. Have your plane uh, huh. have your plane end up being a piece of crap? Let's sell the used parts so we can keep this crap heap up in the air. Hey, um, listen, uh, by the way, we could put those used parts in another plane. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It'd be a shame <laughs> if something should happen to I, that plane. Again, I'm going to track the stock, but I don't know what Barron's is thinking on this because uh, I, I just saw that uh, air travel is now starting to decline. So I would think that they would need less planes, less used parts. I don't, I don't see less, the logic behind this. Less planes in better condition, maybe. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't, I don't. Yeah, so that uh, that used that, used serviceable material. I got to write that one down. That's a that's a winner. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's like. That's like the stuff I come up with out of the at the or in the uh, in the bathroom. I come up with used <laughs> serviceable material. There, there's leftover nutrients behind it. You want any of it? Yeah, exactly. All right, let's see. I'm I'm on, I'm on low battery here. So, shall we move on to our lovely yeah, picks? Yeah, move on. Move on to your picks. Now, I was excited to seek out some new and exciting picks, but. Yeah, just in the last week or so, one of my previous picks, Simbay Therapeutics, has really had a nice run. Uh, just yesterday, Simbay beat its year-to-date price as it topped over $18 per share. When I first started buying it, it was around $9 a share. So it's gone up. It's doubled. Wow. The stock has been rising steadily all week, but since hitting its peak yesterday, it has cooled a little bit, dropping about 5% today. But I feel strongly about this pick as it's been one of my most successful stocks other than Shopify. It has been up almost 167% since January, and my total rate of return is 184%. Now, granted, you don't know how much I invested in it. It could have been $5, but it's still doing very well. And I have to admit, I am going to jump for my second pick. I'm going to jump on the Tilray bandwagon, all right? George, you recommended this a few weeks ago, and uh, I bought, I bought like, I have like almost 50 shares, okay? Um, it's a cannabis company. It's branching out into libations. I mean, really, sign me up. What does it have to do, you know? All it does right now to me is scream, it's gotta go up. Now, I do still have a little bit of an illusion about being a penny stock. I don't know if it officially qualifies as a penny stock, but it does kind of have that general feel to it. But since I've started buying it, since your pick, it's been up about 8.5%, so that's my second pick. So yeah, I have no originality. I'm going with a former pick of mine and then one of George's. I uh I, I'm a big fan. Uh, I I I I think the uh, that uh, Tilray's uh, alcohol portfolio alone is worth the money. Uh, I, I look at it like as the cannabis, you get the cannabis end for free, which might turn into a right. schedule three, which is going to shoot this thing up. Which is why which my one pick are, for some this of their... week. No, sorry, good. Go ahead. I was just going to ask you: is, it, is Shock Top one of their brands they bought? Because they bought a it bunch is, of yeah yeah so I mean that's a that's a really popular name so they've already got some big and, and names Breckenridge, under their belt I mean, right yeah cool uh, yeah they, they have some real good ones uh, I I think Budweiser or Anheuser Busch or or 
AB InBev, whichever you want to call that company under, <laughs> I, I think they made a real stinker of a decision by letting all those brands mm-hmm. go. But, yeah, uh, absolutely. I'm I'm doubling down on cannabis with this, and and I'm going with uh, with Canopy. I, I think that they're going to go up now. Okay. I, I I think that uh, that's good news for them with what we reported on earlier, and they're they're going to continue rising. Um, I. I think this. I I still think that marijuana stocks are completely undervalued and, and absolutely we're we're at ground floor now. Um, the other thing I did want to point out to follow up on one of my other picks. I I think I believe it, it was announced that um, Hostess, which trades under Twink, uh, I made over five hundred dollars in the uh, the market uh, um, uh, virtual market game w- with it. Uh, they, I believe it, it was announced that they are going to be so, uh, sold to Smuckers. Oh. So I, I expect that to go even higher. That's awesome. Now that was, I remember uh, a couple weeks ago you were talking about Hostess being on the market again for another company because they basically went out of business and then they just sell their their trademarks basically or their their names to the products right pretty much yeah right but now they're back sort of right yeah they're <laughs> they're back for now they're going to get bought by by smuckers and uh be owned by another company but i mean i i'm i'm the best picker on this show <laughs> <laughs> you had a 50 50 shot at that one i did right. i gotta do a better job i promise i'm gonna do a better job watch your back I, I will. I'm I'm gonna wait for you to plunge that knife right in. All right. All right. So uh, thank you for listening. If you want to follow us, visit us at stockgamblers.net, or you can email us at stockgamblersshow at gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Till next week. See you and keep buying those stocks. Keep gambling. <laughs>